1: podcast, you can hear us live on Joy 94.9 Saturday afternoon from noon via the live stream at joy.org.au forward slash live or tune your wireless in Melbourne to 94.9 FM. One, two, three, four. I'll use it, break it, fix it, trash it, change it, nail it, create it, change the point it, it, press it, snap it, work it, cook it, release it, write it, cut it, paste it, save it. Feel it called, find a few, code, a gym and lock it, surface scroll.
0: This is Joy ninety four point nine, and you're listening to Technogaze, where we gaze into the world of consumer electronics, gadgets, and technology. I'm Michael, and joining me today is Mark. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mr. Pu- button Pusher. Button Pusher, <laughs> what were you going to like, I was a bit worried there. I was, <laughs> like, was going to say, <laughs> isn't it a wonderful grand final day here in Melbourne on Joy ninety four point nine? It can't be grand final all day. It's not raining. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Actually, actually, no. Wait a minute. It's Melbourne. It's early. Yes, and. No, we have two and a half hours to go.
1: The weather is looking good for the rest of the day, but uh, we've mentioned Grand Final, and um, that is all we need to do for the next hour, right? That's, that's no, the last mention but of...
0: isn't the show about the Grand Final? <laughs> Technology and <laughs> football?
1: I was I was stumped before. I was like, someone asked me uh, here on, on Joy, mm. <laughs> who's going to win? I'm like... yeah. Was um, <laughs> the
0: question, who's playing? <laughs> is, is my team Carlton in the Grand Final? I don't know. <laughs> You're obviously a strong supporter then, aren't you? (laughs) Evidently, I am. Yes. Well, I have changed the show notes, and it is technology about football. Oh no. Well as long as you got notes and that's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. We are steering clear about football, but we but are launching well, into space. We are? Well, we're not, but a Japanese company believes that it can by twenty fifty via a space elevator. Really? Mm. Mm. So we'll hear a little bit more about that. Very good. The Victorian State government and Facebook are getting together to combat cyberbullying. Right. Which is a good initiative. Yes. And thanks to Richard Nixon and Tim Cook, we're gonna have a look at Bendygate, the latest about Apple and its woes with, with the iPhone six plus bending. Richard Nixon, who's he? <laughs> Oh. Someone. Oh, we Stay have a, tuned. We have a generation gap. He was—he was a U.S. president that was almost impeached oh. because of the Watergate. Right. Right. Yeah. That oh, they. We
1: really have to get over this whole naming every controversy gate. This is where it comes from.
0: I'm going to create a new gate. It's controversy gate. It's like the Uber everything gate. What would have happened if the hotel was not Watergate but Holiday Inn? It would be <laughs> <laughs> Bendy Inn. <laughs> <laughs> We would have so much more fun.
1: <laughs> Where is that bending to? Um, what else have we got on uh, later on the show? We've got a bit of Chinese stuff going on, right?
0: Yeah. Alibaba launched or catapulted uh, onto the stock market. Yes. Raising an unprecedented $25 billion. Boing. And causing some problems for Yahoo, who are one of the uh, early investors. So we'll have a look why. Yeah, What? And uh, <laughs> Eric Schmidt has been uh, lecturing the Europeans. Yes. Now Eric Schmidt is Google's. Something chairman, or other. chairman, chairman, yes, you know, co-founder or that sort of thing. Mm, he was talking to them about their need to accept disruption, technology, and free market. Yeah, and in the tinfoil category, ah, my favorite. Mm, there's been a huge bug that's been discovered in the open source community. Oh, the
1: entire internet lit up over this. Uh, what was this one called? Shell shocked is the
0: uh, the hashtag. No gate on it. No, <laughs> no. That's a missed opportunity. Uh, <laughs> So we're going to have a bit of a bash about that. Story. Boom, boom. Mm. Where is the? Where is the <laughs> I don't have I mean, it. <laughs> we should have rehearsed. And uh, there's been another large theft of credit card details from a large US retailer. This is an action-packed show. I mean, how much have we got to get through? Heaps. A what? Exactly. Plus we're going to cook. A, yeah, cook. Kick a footy around, maybe.
1: Oh no, now, I'm, <laughs> that's going to fail miserably. I know.
0: <laughs> I'm going to miss the ball. Hand-eye coordination doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if anybody wants to contact us, they can email us on air at joy dot Yes. They can call us on what numbers, Mark? O
1: oh, four two oh Oh wait, <laughs> calling us is one three hundred mm-hmm. joy nine
0: four nine. Or SMSing on o four two seven joy nine four nine. That's the one.
1: Yep. So it's o four two seven if you going to text us if, it's, if you want to call us, 1-300
0: at the front. Yes, and leave a
1: uh, message with Mushin. air at joy.org.au is the
0: uh, email address. And we love to hear from you. And yes. we also love our new Facebook followers. Yes. So Morgan Alexander and Danny, thank you very much. Thank you, Danny. Sp- and read the word to your friends. And uh, the more likes we get, the happier we are. Yes. Every every new like a, a, a mark,
1: I don't know, grow, I, I grow wings. <laughs> Just momentarily. <laughs> right. I think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's leave it at that. Yes. (laughs) Now, science fiction Mm. talks a lot about space elevators. Yes. And uh, a Japanese company Mm. is... Saying that they can build one,
1: yes. Uh, so this is a um, yet another example of where sci-fi meets reality. I mean, well, <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves, right? So this company has decided, or, or put out a release to say that they'll be able to do this by 2050. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you know, it's 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 a concept of having like a, a long wires that, that extend up into the. Um, space. Yeah, yeah, into space, actually. It's like... And we're talking many, many kilometres.
0: 96,000 they're talking about. 96,000 kilometres, sorry. 96,000? <laughs> yeah. So it's, a, so it's a very long string from the ground, 96,000 kilometres up into space. So
1: the idea is to be able to... Uh, this is actually suspended in, in, in... With, you know, the gravitational forces that occur. I mean, once you get to a certain height, mm. it could be what... It's
0: it's just sort of suspended there out of, out of the, the force of... Well, I, well the, I think what the happens earth. is the, the the bit in space essentially floats. Well, mm. float's is the wrong word, but, you know, stays in space in geosynchronous orbit, so it follows the rotation of the Earth. Yes. And then essentially what you're doing is you're lowering a long piece of string that you tether to the ground on the Earth. Right. It's a sen- well, it is a very long, pi- very, very long piece of string. Mm. And... What you can do is attach a a, cable, a car to the cable and just zoom up and down like any ordinary elevator.
1: Right, because the amount of energy required to lift something out into space is massive. When you look at a rocket that uh, launches from Cape Canaveral, in the US, and you see all that, all that uh, gas and 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 uh, whatever spewing out in out of yep. the bottom of it to try and make it lift. Not to mention all of the preparation beforehand and everything else, mm, ensuring that that flammable mm. um, uh, content stays Conta- flammable, uh, contained, contained the right, within the right area. Yes. Yeah. Um, so having a space elevator is an interesting concept. It's been something that that has been talked about in in sci-fi. Um, uh, books and so forth for for quite some time, but uh, you know it's uh, one of those things that the Japanese seem to want to get on top of.
0: Well, one of the, one of the challenges is, of course, making material long enough for this piece. Uh, sorry, strong enough for this piece of string. Mm. For want of a word. And um, there's material out there called carbon nanotubes, right? Which are a hundred times stronger than steel. Yes, they can be manufactured, and that's what they're hoping to use to. A hundred times stronger yeah. than steel. I wonder what the weight uh, Well, because carbon's very light Right one of the challenges, however, is that today the technology only allows you to grow these strands to three centimetres in length, which is a tad shy of 96,000. That's not 96,000, oh. is it? No. Well, I and I don't think they're going to grow a single length of 96,000. Yeah. You know, they might be joined somehow. So it's grown? Well, yeah, I believe it. Uh, yeah, I think it's a, gr- a grown type of material. Mm, we should get our resident physicist on one day to talk about carbon energy. An excellent idea. Mm, or maybe yeah. if he's listening, he could come, send an email and correct us. Hello, Craig, if you are... <laughs> Now, the good thing is that if it does work, mm. the cost to move a kilogram of mass, of matter into space is going to be reduced from about $22,000 today to $200. Wow. Which is a huge reduction, but it's still going to be cheaper for me to fly to Europe on a kilo-by-kilo kilo basis.
1: <laughs> Why? Well, how much does it cost you today, kilo-by-kilo? By kilo? Uh,
0: well, you don't pay by kilo to Europe, do you? <laughs> but in my Svelte 20-kilo frame... I'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like how old I am, but that's a whole other story.
1: Now, should we do uh, quickly Facebook and the, yes. uh, the initiative here in, in, Victoria? in Victoria?
0: Yeah, so the um, Victorian state government have got a program called Speak Up Against Cyberbullying, mm-hmm. and they've uh, gone into partnership with Facebook to uh, launch an advertising campaign targeting teenagers and parents. Okay, so it's just an advertising campaign, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, it's yes. It's an information campaign that's going to give uh, parents, teachers, and um, young people tools to uh, combat uh, cyberbullying.
1: Mm. Now, it's estimated that uh, one in five young Victorians experience cyberbullying, which is a pr- pretty high number when you think about it. Like, it, it is twenty percent of, of yeah. youth today. Um, and cyberbullying is essentially a new-ish thing in terms of you know, generationally, it's not really something that I um, I, as a general Wire, as a very early general Wire, did yep. didn't really have the opportunity to experience because, at, you know, we didn't have the likes of Facebook or, or yeah. that sort of thing. Like, the most a, they could did. do is send an email to me and it would right. probably have ended up in my spam box anyway, right? And so, <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's good that um, uh, government's getting on board with this type of um, initiative to... to to push the you know the agenda that actually bullying is Israel. crap, that's regardless right. of what medium it's it's mm. under um, and kudos to the government as well for for doing this for bullying in the in the first place I, I, we, I mean it was aware there was awareness back when I was a kid of you know what bullying is, but it was very much a local thing, like the school um that I went to would, yep. would talk about it, but it wasn 't really something that that reached levels of of um, Government mm-hmm. sort of focus, uh, and I wonder—you know—it's probably just a, a. A, it's a look at, um, w- it, you know, the fact that we sh- we need to address this in the youth. But there's also the the funding element of it. If if we reduce cyber bullying, then the mental health concerns that occur that As that, a result, that yeah. result from
0: from mm. any bullying. Um, know, uh, uh, drastically reduced. You know, there's been a huge change, I think, in awareness, and mm. it's a generational change about things like bullying.
1: So, not only is it a, a, is it a great thing for society to, to get rid of bullying, but um, it's also a, a funding issue as well. Yeah.
0: Mm. So, uh, that's pretty good news.
1: Yeah, Facebook, uh, you know, I mean, I don't experience, but I'm, I'm not that, you know, I, don't, I guess I'd try to reduce the number of people who who affect me on on my facebook feed Mm. um but uh you know whether you can do that as
0: young people uh, you know get very much take um i guess comments on board to heart very easily Mm. Mm. and so uh yeah i I think the way that as an adult you um judge or react to something like that is very different to the way that you do as a younger person
1: yeah and uh, you know finding your feet in the world is is part of what you do when you're when you're a teenager so um you know been being able to, to respond to that in, a, in an appropriate way is a good thing.
0: That's right. Now, we mm. are going to be looking at Bendigate very, very shortly. <laughs> Bendigate. Yes. Oh. So... Uh, <laughs> I it
1: think be- it was actually Gate, wasn't it?
0: was the coined term in the media, but we, we turned it into Gate. First <laughs> heard here on Joinable <laughs> ninety four point nine on Techno Gaze, And uh, we'll be back with more very shortly.
1: Technogays.
0: It is seventeen minutes past midday. You're listening to Joy ninety four point nine. This is Techno Gaze with Mark and Michael. Myself. Hello, Michael. Hello, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Bendgate or Bendygate? Bendygate. Like so, bendygate.
1: Ah, so bless. It, it it only took what a week. Maybe two weeks for a major controversy to occur with the latest version of the iPhone.
0: But doesn't that happen every time there's a new phone?
1: Mm. And you wonder if there's an element of, um, you know, kicking the tall
0: poppy. Kicking the tall poppy or cutting it down or something like that? Well, I think it's more an element of taking advantage of when the tall poppy is vulnerable (laughs) to give it a little kick somewhere sensitive.
1: Yes. So if you have been uh, living under a rock or haven't seen much of the uh, most recent uh, news, particularly around Apple... Um, Bendgate is the uh, is is has come about because iPhone six pluses, which is the large one, the big one, the, the
0: phablet, Shall we call phab- it yeah, The phone okay. tablet? Phablet. It is it is pretty big. I mm. I had one in my hand and it was like. Uh, that's too big, and you, you, you I can imagine you really wouldn't get your thumb across
1: the screen, would you? Yes, but they have a software solution to that, but uh, we're not going to go into the uh, um you know let me guess it's a three d three d printed thumb extender <laughs> yes <laughs> oh, ooh, that's a good idea that's <laughs> that's such an apple thing to do to to have a three d printer shipped to you um no its uh so Bendigate Gate or Bend Gate is where people reported. Uh, having the phone in their pockets and under t- typical scenarios that were reported, mm-hmm. so things like just having it in their pocket in perhaps some skinny jeans, like a back pocket or something like that, or a back pocket, mm-hmm. or um, uh, you know, actually bumping into someone uh, with it in um, with it in their pocket as yep. well, um, the phone itself actually bent. So and we're talking like uh lengthways, I guess so from top to bottom yep. it would bend that way and and the problem is that the uh casing of the iPhone 6 mm. and 6 plus is aluminum. Right. So you know it's not exactly the most uh, it's not a the um, strongest, piece. strongest piece yeah. Uh, it's apparently according to Apple anyway is is reinforced with steel um inside the the yep. device, um, but that didn't uh, stop it from these these things happening. Mm,
0: and I guess the the six plus being five and a half inches is so much bigger than you know than previous models that there's more chance of it happening. Yeah, there's more more ability,
1: I guess, to. And you even see videos now of actually people purposely bending, bending. it. And
0: it's like why would you do that to a perfectly good phone? I mean, really. Like just, just to prove that it does bend. Yeah, I'm sure you can get most phones to bend or break if you actually force it. But, you know, there's been a lot of hoo-ha, but Apple have said, well, hang on a minute, there have only been nine cases. Nine cases that have been reported
1: to right. Apple anyway. Yeah. So, um, and, and these might be the nine cases that just happen to have a video camera pointed at the phone while they the do the bending. bending. Like, yes. uh, you actually, like, by the fact of, of people you know videoing this uh it's almost like people are viewing this as an opportunity to get themselves out as as you know you know major tech publicists or it's something a, it's like a way
0: that. To, get, to get your name in the press isn't it because a lot of blogs have picked up on this you know it's yep. on mainstream media now as well yep and of course it's 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 apparently not a not a problem
1: for other phones well that's what the implication is but uh, people have complained about it in other phones as well particularly of of that sort Mm. of size so you wonder how much of it is just simply getting on the bandwagon because it's apple and you know they're so good at design and and that sort of thing whether you know that's actually part of it as opposed to you know reporting a legitimate problem um apple themselves have responded in a not so in a pretty sort of even-handed yep. way, so they've they've actually uh, put out a press release. They got a bunch of presses press people into their testing facility mm-hmm. over in uh, Cupertino, right in um, yep. in California, um, to show everyone what is actually done to test these phones to make right. you know put them under pressure yep. and that sort of thing. Um, you know, and they did this before, once before, back in, I think, t- 2010 when Antenna Gate occurred. So when you mm. could hold the 4S's phone in, in, a certain uh, in a certain way, certain yeah. way and reduce yeah. the reception. Um, they showed their testing facility back then with the, um, you know, the, the isolated rooms that they yeah. would um, put the phones in and, and, mm-hmm. and test them in as well. Um, that, of course, resulted in a uh, freebie of uh, bumpers to to uh, allow you to, to not to be not actually in them. contact with the antenna. <laughs>
0: Your phone without it, you know, causing the problem. Yeah,
1: yeah. But this time around, they've uh, they've opened up the doors again, and they've shown a whole bunch of machines that uh, put um, uh, thousands and thousands of iPhones under s- different pressures. Yep. And the the things that they've tested for uh, are things like you know uh, scenarios where it is in your pocket and it's a skinny jeans pocket, and mm. um, uh, you know they have machines that sort of put pressure on it of twenty kilos or you know that sort yeah. of thing. So. They've obviously done some testing to this effect already. Um, according to Apple, uh, ten thousand phones have been tested prior to even you know releasing shipping, the, yeah. the iPhone. So
0: you'd imagine that they would be well aware of its. Um, you know limitations and so mm. forth, and if you know they sold what a million units, or oh, no, it was ten million units in mm. the first weekend. So if, yeah. if it is nine out of ten million, <laughs> the fail rate is fairly small. Although not all ten million, of course, iPhone six pluses, but still, it's a, it's a very small number. Mm. The um, some of the competitors uh, didn't waste any time in coming up with little jibes, have they? No, uh, the likes
1: of BlackBerry, I think. Um, uh, what was <laughs> What was BlackBerry's CEO? What did he do there? He, he, was, of... he
0: was launching the new BlackBerry Passport. Right. And um, he sent out a challenge to uh, bend the phone. You know, All right. We can't bend our phone. The one that I really liked was uh, Samsung's tweet where they said, Galaxy Note Edged, curved, not bent.
1: <laughs> of course, that's a reference to the uh, Galaxy uh, Edge. It's actually got a curved screen. screen goes the around yes. to the side of the, yeah. the screen.
0: Uh, LD... Uh, have said that uh, our phone doesn't bend, it flexes. And HTC, with a little bit poking tongue-in-cheek, said um, our phones are designed to withstand the most demanding environments, like your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I,
1: I mean, fair enough. Like, it's it's good to poke a bit of fun, and Apple are, are good at poking fun at other other tech vendors as well. So, mm. hey, why not? But at the same time, you know, don't... Don't get your phone out of your pocket and start you know branding it on purpose in your hands that's a bit ridiculous if you that ask me. might void warranty possibly <laughs> yes um, and Apple have said as well uh, you know if your phone is affected by this then do take it into a mm. to an Apple store and get the uh, geniuses or the Apple care team to 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 have a look at it um, yep. and you know they'll probably have a look at it and determine if it was done on purpose or not or, or whatever so um, you know it's not like they're're they're, yeah, throwing throwing you out and saying it's your problem, mm. um, there's you know, there's legitimate ways to, to resolve With the that. issue.
0: That's right. Now, their woes haven't really stopped there. They uh, released a patch to their latest iOS, oh, iOS yes. 0.1, <laughs> and withdrew it straight away, or fairly poly- quickly. Eight, so, iOS 8.0.1 8 one, yep. was released and uh,
1: then promptly got unreleased. <laughs> <laughs> well, they added some unwanted features into the new version, didn't they? Yes. Um uh, what was it? Uh, so there was some sort of bug or something in Health HealthKit um, where uh, they, they needed to fix it. And uh, so that was what the release was all about. Yep. And so as a consequence, um, some fingerprint scanning was prevented. Mm-hmm. Um, From working, and okay. I think some SMSs weren't going through as well as a result.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, well, some, some interruption to the cellular service. Mm. Um, but a day later, they did push out a eight zero two, right, which fixes the fixes fixes the fix. <laughs> the bandaid on the bandage. Oh no! Uh, well, you
1: know, and these are this is the thing. I always sort of tend to wait. Before I apply updates, particularly yeah. to the whole phone. Like if it's just an app on the phone, mm-hmm. I'll I'll you know get it pretty quickly depending on how important that app is to yeah. my day to day stuff. But um, if it's you know if it's a whole phone, the same with operating systems as well. You mm. should always sort of maybe wait a couple of days, let someone else find <laughs> the problems first. Don't be the guinea pig. Mm. Don't be on the bleeding edge. Or if you are an early adopter, and the
0: same goes for if you sign up for a beta program. Mm. Um, be, be prepared you know, to be prepared for a bit of inconvenience. Yeah, yeah, but I guess you know both of us are involved in software development to some extent. We know what the trials and tribulations are of putting out a new version, and if something's really critical, yeah, yeah, you sweat a lot.
1: Now, finally, there was um, uh, some some nineteen-year-old dude um, was uh, touted as being uh, the next big thing. He's developed a few apps already, and he's only nineteen year old. It's 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 such a in thing to be these days, a teenager that's uh, made it you know, to the good. millionaire status, or, or I don't know if he actually has made it to that sort of status, but he's definitely
0: um, he, shown that he's capable he's, of He's it. made it to the level where he could finance his own college tuition and afford his own accommodation oh, in nice. the US, so that's yeah, it's not too bad. Which in the US might be a, a, yep, a millionaire. <laughs> and that's only the first semester.
1: So we're talking about uh, a guy by the name of John Meyer. He's actually uh, ended up turning
0: down... An internship offered to him by Apple. Yes, which is most people would probably, you know, give their left leg for it. Yes. And he's turned it down, Yeah. Now, an internship, I mean, oftentimes
1: internships can be um, not paid for, but in this particular case, it was a paid
0: opportunity. Mm. Um, and, not, and not a bad Al's salary yeah. $60,000 US a year. It's pretty grand. good for an intern, yeah. Yeah. He, um, he responded
1: uh, by saying that, well, we should say, first of all, that... Um, how he got to this he's been writing ios apps since the age of 14 years old that this just reminds me how old i am right so thank you mark for that <laughs> reminder how old you are therefore how old i am well I, I, you know at 14 i was writing maybe AppleSoft programs on basic i think AppleSoft basic <laughs> yeah. um on my apple 2e maybe um yeah this guy had an iphone when he was 14 years old that's you know
0: but there's a huge cool. uh, um, opportunity these days of being able to distribute what you write. So, you know, in your in your day, if you mm. came up with this brilliant idea, how are you going to distribute it? Yes. You weren't able to go into manufacturing advertising and that type of thing. We didn't have the internet. That's right. Whereas today, you put it on iTunes, and uh, Apple Store, and if people like it, they buy it.
1: Mm. He was famous for a, uh, an iPhone app being like a flashlight right. app. Yep. Um, which... Uh, eventually, in, in I think iOS seven or maybe six, I can't remember, got introduced into the um, into System the phone itself. itself. Yeah. Uh, you know, so people saw that that flash on the back of the mm-hmm. uh, the phone was actually quite useful if it could be turned on permanently. Yep, and even last night I used the the very function. So. If it wasn't for this guy, then uh, perhaps that function wouldn't have been uh, no, no. available.
0: Yeah. Um, so, you know, kudos to him for, for doing that. And he's got another app which is really, really good, which allows you to take a photo of a group of people mm-hmm. and then using um, the eye scanning bit of the software on the phone, yep. will, what it does, it takes multiple photos and it looks at the photo that where most people have got their eyes open and mm-hmm. where most people are smiling. Right. And says so this
1: is the best one to use. constantly monitors the, the, the yeah. stream
0: or the, yes. the video stream, yeah. I guess, and and works out when, yeah. when that's fantastic. It's a brilliant idea because how many times do you take a group photo and half the people are, you know, eyes are shut. or Looking in the other is, direction exactly. or something like that. Yeah, that's yes. amazing.
1: That's fantastic. So yeah. it's good, uh, good to know that, um, you know, some people stick to their own. Apparently, he, he prefers to be an entrepreneur as opposed to
0: being a uh, being a developer for Apple. Yeah. So Well, good on um, him. I think it's brilliant. Stick really to his good. own devices. Yes. Now, we are going to partake in a bit of magic soon in terms of mm. Alibaba. Oh, yes. Yes. So it's uh, something... Abracabra? Uh, yeah. Abracadabra, Alibaba. <laughs> <laughs> and because we can. You're listening to Technogaze on Joy 94.9. Technogaze.
1: Made in Melbourne for Australia and the world. Joy
0: 94.9. Yes, we are in Melbourne and it is Technogaze. And we're looking at some magic. Magic in the terms of Alibaba.
1: Alibaba. Mm-hmm. Is this? Uh, I, I think of either a makeup shop or
0: a I don't know some sort of takeaway taco. Ali Barber and his band of forty something or other. Oh, this is bad. It's a very famous story, Alibaba. It oh, band right. of 40 th- actually, it's his band of 40 thieves. Now, what are Alibaba in, in tech circles? What are, what is okay, this? so Alibaba is a Chinese tech company that mm. was founded back in 1999, and their specialty was uh, business-to-business portals. So, okay. when they first started, they connected Chinese suppliers mm. with um, consumers or, or businesses in the West who wanted to buy things from these Chinese suppliers so to enable that market so, if you, for instance, wanted to make i don 't know ten thousand iPhone cases, you could go into the portal, you could see which people were in the business of making iPhone cases and commission which them to do it.
1: I could imagine it is a big thing in in China because you know it 's all about the commodity market over there, um, you know being able to make things cheaply, manufacture yep. things cheaply. So having that sort of um, you know, intermediary to to figure that out and have it all online is, is
0: actually, I can imagine, would be very fruitful. And of course, with language differences and differences in business culture, hmm. having something like this is a way to open up the market to the rest of the world. That's how they started. But then they moved into a consumer-to-consumer portal and you could probably think of that more as eBay, where um, they now have got 20 of the top... Ten visitor sites globally in terms of the Alibaba Group. Wow! Yeah. So okay. And and their consumer their consumer to uh, consumer product uh, portal mm. has got a billion products in it. Wow! So this is an example, I
1: guess, of um, it, it's where a website start off with its smaller beginnings, mm. a B two B portal, um, adapted itself to to become. C to C, I guess, is a, mm. a term you don't hear very often, but
0: customer to customer. Yep. Um, and now they're worth how much? 20, uh, twenty-five. Well, actually, no, they're worth two hundred thirty-one billion. That's their market cap, and they raised twenty-five billion dollars. Billion, billion. Wow! So um, they floated when about uh, a week that ago, long ago. Yeah, right. last week. Okay. Then worth more than Facebook. Or IBM or Samsung or Oracle. How many Facebooks are they worth? That's oh, I don't, know. I don't know how many. <laughs> how many Mikeys are they worth? Yeah, exactly. And uh, basically, they're only a little bit small. Oh, sorry, the the ones bigger than them are Apple, Google, and Microsoft. Wow. So that's not bad.
1: Something to look out for. That's um that's an interesting because it's perhaps a, you know being a China Chinese based company, mm. um you know it's it's probably the the largest Chinese based tech company anyway.
0: Well, it's one of the few ones, I think, that have floated on the U.S. Stock Exchange. They did try to uh, raise capital inside China itself, but uh, found it difficult. So they went to the U.S. Now, what's interesting is that one of their early investors was Yahoo. Right. Right. And um, you would think that Yahoo did very well out of this because they got seven billion dollars worth of cash, and they got twenty-seven percent of the stock of uh, the stock of from the IPO. Right. So it's a sizable investment in such a you know large organization. Mm. But the market has seen it slightly differently. Right. Because you know everyone's been questioning, oh well, what's the value in Yahoo? What are its products? Where is it going? Yeah. And now what a lot of people are saying, well, the only value to Yahoo is the fact that they own shares in Alibaba. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they're good for. And here's a reminder of it. Here's uh, the the market
1: cap of Alibaba versus what Yahoo was, was yeah. back in the day. Um, and that seems to be the general thing with Yahoo at the moment. They seem to be you know buying up little bits of companies here and there and and sort of holding their their own in in a in a market sense as in a um, a finance market sense. Actually, not really being very much in our face at all for for consumer no um, you know uses I mm. guess I, I, I mean what Yahoo 7 are, are probably the local um, is what you see in Australia yeah that's right them. but how strong is that as a brand I don't think it's particularly particularly strong I'd say that Channel 7 itself is much stronger mm. you know, so yes that says a lot about Yahoo. Yahoo
0: it used to be that we'd always Yahoo a search term yeah and but and But, uh, you know, Yahoo do have other products out there in terms of, um, you know, blogs and and so on. But, yeah, it is a challenge for them. They've seen on a lot of cash, Mm -hmm. and they're expected probably to return some of the $7 billion to shareholders in way of uh, share buybacks and also uh, perhaps uh, buying some companies. Indeed. Mm. Now, on the music scene, Mm. we've had something recently that's a little bit different. Yes. So,
1: I was listening to breakfast this morning with our friend Beck. Uh, who presents here at Joy 94.9. And uh, she played a song by Radiohead's frontman, uh, Tom York. Um, and the interesting thing about this particular song or this particular album that it comes mm-hmm. from, in fact, is that he has teamed up with the website Bittorrent.com as a mechanism for listeners to purchase an album. Oh, okay, so, yep. In traditionally we think of BitTorrent as being a way of obtaining things for free, whether yes. that be legitimately not. or not. Um and in fact, um you know, BitTorrent is a protocol. So it's yep. um it's a, a way to transfer files between mm-hmm. people. Um, you know, hundreds of people might uh, want the same file and there's a it's a file sharing app to enable that sort of that transfer. Yeah. Um but this is actually a, a there's also a web presence called BitTorrent.com. dot com. Okay which I guess you could say is a brand behind it or it's a, a, a you know, trademarked company name mm. um, that has teamed up with Tom York uh, from Radiohead. Um, now, they what they've they've done is introduce a concept called BitTorrent Bundles. Yeah. Um, which seems to be like a new sort of um, file format or something. It, it was very sketchy. I, I didn't actually go ahead and buy the album myself. Right, yeah. but. um it seems to be this way of of um, protecting the content before it um, before you pay for it, so you basically get this bundle. Uh, and as long as you get past the what they're calling the pay gate, which is a um, for this one is six dollars to mm-hmm. to purchase, you then get access to the the files inside, inside it. it. So do you do you know if you download the files first or? Uh, yeah, this is this is what wasn't particularly yeah, clear okay. in the in the, like they've got a very sort of you know step by step. This is what you'll you'll be in for when mm-hmm. you when you want to buy this. Yeah. Uh, but very consumer oriented, it wasn't very much, like didn't really explain the, the technology behind it or anything like it. It sounded like, from just like what I could tell anyway, it, it sounded like it was like a encrypted file which could be un, unencrypted by, what's the word, decrypted. <laughs> After paying my little sum of money. Right. So this
0: is, you know, an alternative to iTunes?
1: Yeah. So iTunes, um, you know, you download from iTunes servers when you download um, or, or, you know, the Google Play Store is the same same deal. You yep. actually get it from a central spot and that's obviously distributed around the world like Apple don't just have one server sitting mm. in Cupertino; They've got hundreds of thousands of servers all around uh, the world yep. to, to service us. So, BitTorrent is like essentially the same thing you can You can download from anywhere, but it 's it 's actually transferred from other people 's computers, not from a server farm somewhere.
0: So is there an element of cheekiness to this that is basically, you know, if you, let's say your computer is running a BitTorrent client, you're effectively serving up this peer-to-peer information, potentially. Hmm. Potentially. Is there a bit of cheekiness in that he's using your machine to distribute so he gets money? Some would argue that that's,
1: uh, it's, it's kind of a, the internet is supposed to be open and it's supposed to be free, right? Well, that was the original intent. I would argue that, um you know before the concept of download quotas became a mm. big thing which is and it's always been a big thing here in australia, but particularly in the u s like download quotas haven't really been that much of a big deal Not until, until recently, recently yes um so you know the fact that I was offering download and uploads to to other to other people didn't matter didn't really yeah. matter because it wasn't t- counting to anything that I had any care over no. so um you know it's most of the quotas that are available today are far beyond what a typical user would, would use anyway, mm-hmm. unless you're downloading yeah. many, many TV shows or or, or um, music tracks or, or whatever. So, you know, I, I guess if that's what you sign up for, that's what you sign up for. But the other kicker about this particular, um, this this option yep. is the revenue from the um, CD. Mm-hmm. So, the CD cost is $6. Yeah. The um, the revenue obtained from it is uh, distributed more evenly. You could say ninety um, percent of the revenue goes to
0: uh, the um, the artist, right? Which is pretty good because you know um, traditionally the artists don't get a lot, do they?
1: Um, yeah, well that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So so you look at iTunes or, or even the the traditional CD. Like the you go back in history and you look at the CD distribution model. Uh, you can, um, you you. There were always reports back then of maybe uh, you know thirty or forty cents of every CD being sold. The money that is the amount of money that goes to the artist, as opposed to um, uh, you know even iTunes. Um, you know where it yeah. is downloaded. It's it's over the internet. There's no there's no um, CD production going
0: into it. There's so, no, just, there are no trucks to take the CDs to the store and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Um, so it, it, it even with that sort of model, it it still seems to be that uh, the artist is getting a very low yep. low co- uh, uh, part of the revenue stream. The difference here, and I, I don't know if as a consumer I really care so much about how much is actually going to um, the artist versus the distributor. Mm. But the the big thing here is that 90% of the revenue is going to Radiohead's front man, yep. who is the artist of the CD, and not um, not to the distribution
0: channels. Would be interesting to see if it takes off.
1: Yeah. Mm. Um, I, uh, it's got a brand behind it. You know, BitTorrent is a, is a known medium. Um, BitTorrent is a known um, name in terms of what we can and can't use. So, yep. hey... Um, you know that might give it some weight, but whether that actually um, makes it um, big or not is a, is another thing. You it's another an, another sort of attempt at, at
0: disrupting the the record industry, perhaps. That's right, and it's an opportunity that you know artists don't need to have their own website and have their own uh, pay gate type situation anymore. Yeah, they can so use this.
1: if they can, if there's some sort of centralised uh, of sorts fashion yeah. um, um, place to do it, then then hey, if it's if it's well established and well accepted, then and and Tom York himself has actually said, hey, you know, this is what we're trying it out. We're, mm-hmm. we're going to see yep. what, how where this goes. So, right. hey, um, I'm sure they'll be monitoring if it would then be um, put up on the same BitTorrent sites <laughs> that uh, every other track or every other CD gets put up on as well. But, um, you know, being aware that it exists,
0: yep. BitTorrent exists as a medium is a, is probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Technogaze on Joy Four Point Nine, And coming up, we're going to be uh, looking at what Eric Schmidt has said to the European Union. 16 minutes to 1 and we are going through the show very quickly (laughs) we we thought we had a lot to uh, cover and i think we're right (laughs) (laughs) exactly now eric schmidt is the uh, chairman of google yes and um, he's been talking to the europeans Has he now? He has. Now, you know, we do know that Uber's been, you know, on and off the nose in Germany and Google and other search engines have been told to expunge data from the search engine results within the EU. Mm. And some French workers are, you know, do have the right to limit how much email they check after hours. So, you know, the EU area is fairly regulated compared to the US. And Eric Schmidt has said that, um, you know, Europe needs to accept and embrace disruption. And the old ways of doing things need to need to change if they're going to face competition.
1: Right. So the alternative is suggesting is hey,
0: um, accept Uber-style disruption or face unemployment. Well, yeah, he's basically saying to them if you don't do this, your you know your unemployment's going to rise because unemployment in the EU is rising whereas in the US it's falling. All oh, right. Uh, okay. Last, last little while, so they're taking longer to come out of uh, the GFC hmm. than other places. But you know, I don't know whether it's a. It's a total do this or do that type option, and mm-hmm. I think there's probably something in between and i you know i don't know whether Uber is disruption, and you yeah, know we've had conversations about this before, particularly it seems to be that their their business
1: model now is just challenge every law um that applies mm. to the industry that they're they're in as opposed to um providing a good service and and making it you know making their their um their service available to all. I, you know and i think there is a it's it's almost like we're splitting hairs on that respect but mm. it is actually you know a, a difference in in operation that um that could make or break a company like uber yeah um you know they they they, they as you rightly pointed out um germany they've they've had a bit of a stoush with them on uh, on the the laws in I think Berlin in particular, I th- yeah, and um, c- a number of cities actually that mm-hmm. they've had. And we're talking about other sites like Airbnb as well, where um, often the, the situations have ar- uh, have arisen that uh, mm. you know maybe people would offer their their apartment on on Airbnb, and due to laws that exist, you know, pre existing laws around squatting and so forth. Um, they can actually take over the uh, the apartment and and, uh, and claim residency in that in that yeah. apartment without uh, payment to the original person. So it, you know, there's some challenges in in the sense of the law still exists, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, and. And to me, it's, you know, obviously somebody like Uber is in there to make money. Yep. And so, yes, they want to make changes because it gives them an opportunity to make money. And and they do wrap it up and market it as it's good for the consumer because it's more convenient, it's cheaper and stuff like that. Mm. But I think you really need to pick which laws you're going to challenge and why you're going to challenge them. Because, you know, why are the laws there? Are they there because there was a situation a hundred years ago where they were needed and today there's not? And therefore, yes, we probably should dismantle these laws. Or are they there for a reason? Well, and a lot
1: of, uh, anyway, good laws are born from, you know, human nature, I guess, and, and, you know, being able to control sort of the the bad things that people do. Yeah. Uh, regardless of the technology or the environment that we're living in. So, you know, if if it's a good law in that respect, then, hey, that's probably something that shouldn't necessarily be challenged that's just right, because yeah. we're on the internet. Um, uh, you know, and this is the most frustrating thing about um, a lot of this disintermediation that occurs or, mm. or disruptive technology that occurs is, you know, some people just simply get on that bandwagon of saying, oh, it's a great thing just because it is uh, on the internet as opposed to what does it actually
0: give me that's that's better, better and different than um, yeah. how it was before. I read an article a while ago that said that, you know, in the early days of the internet when there were, you know, new um, features or some more disruptive type things. So if you look at something like Amazon where you can order online rather than go to a bookstore and things like that, yep. that these were the low-hanging fruit that provided immediate benefit They and they did t- truly disrupt. And now what companies are doing is they're basically cherry-picking, looking for loopholes in laws mm. that allow them to do certain things to their advantage yep. without and, necessarily delivering that value to the customer. Eventually those um, those loopholes will probably be, especially if it, if it
1: becomes an issue, as in mm. if the exploitation of those loopholes actually causes... Further concern or further issues in society, yep. then you know, if democracy is doing its job, it will um, it will fix those loopholes and people, and and perhaps those business models will 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 kind of deflate and, and yeah. disappear. Um, you know. Um, I, uh, I'm kind of particularly with the likes of Uber. I'm kind of on the on the fence because you look at the taxi industry. Yep. Say in Melbourne, um, they just did a, a massive commission into uh, into this, or uh, sort of a, uh, an analysis of of mm. where it's at, uh, and some changes have occurred. And that's not just from a consumer point of view, but also from a taxi owner and operator yes. point of view. Um, Although some of them may not agree to that. Yeah. So uh, and. All the time, when those kind of things are going to uh, happening, there's always going to be, um, uh, you know, naysayers to us. Yeah, well, yeah um, not everyone likes change. But if it's someone external who doesn't actually understand, understand the concerns and the issues that the mm. industry faces, and they're just blowing it, blowing their way through it by, you know, introducing an internet site or an, uh, a phone app, yep. um, that's not necessarily going to get you very far. Um, you know you hear talk of uber's uh founders being throwing tantrums essentially at right. uh different law organizations now and okay. thinking well is that really a good business model to to, to push yeah um and <laughs> The other thing about it is, like, you look at some of the... Like, Airbnb, for example. Mm. The costs that actually go to Airbnb... Like, it might be much cheaper for me to to book a place in, say, the middle of Manhattan in New York Mm. uh, over Airbnb than it would be to to have a hotel room. Um, You know, like, literally half the price. But the actual proportion of that that is money that goes to Airbnb itself is pretty astronomical. Right, Right. Like, in comparison. So, you know, they are Mm. essentially sort of... You know, massing up all this cash. Yep. What benefit do or what what sort of um, what's uh, what do they provide as a consequence? And apart from just a platform, a website to go to. To well, from the consumer point of view, it's ease of use, isn't it? And, yeah, yeah, but that's not really a, a benefit to the overall operation of of offering stuff. It's okay, great user experience. Mm. Like you do that once and it's done. Uh, you might tweak it here and there, but it's not like a, a massive part yeah. of the, the whole chain. When it comes down to it, another website might come up and, and reduce that price a little more. And
0: well, that's, I guess that's one of the da- dangers, if you like, to uh, organisations or companies that are working in, in the internet a- area is that the cost of entry of competitors is relatively low. So somebody else can come up with a better model and maybe with cheaper pricing so that the owners of these apartments or houses get a uh, bigger take. Well, we uh had a listener Andrew um uh email us in um
1: actually uh showing his his respect to companies like Uber because they they do, do it better than uh, than the likes of the incumbents. Mm. So yeah, I guess it's um is all about um progression.
0: Yeah. Mm. Now, this is enough European bashing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> says he who's uh, of uh, what you've you, you spent some time in Europe, haven't you? I have spent some time in Europe, but you, you have totally ignored the segue. Oh, what to bashing? No, yes, because uh, bash <laughs> is something special. Europe bashing, right? Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: bashgate. No, wait, what was it? What Was it bash? Um, I didn't I the bash bug. Uh, whatever. So
0: there's the last shell few shocked. days. Shell, shell shocked.
1: hashtag shell shocked. Yes, what's that? <laughs> so bash is a shell. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> like a, something you discover on the beach? Yes. <laughs> no. Uh, Bash is a shell. A shell is a command line interface. So like when the
0: DOS window in Windows. Yes. DOS when you see yeah.
1: text on a screen, often in uh, in internet movies on <laughs> movies on uh, that uh, have you know hackers doing their where thing, they, where they
0: type a million lines of code with one syntax without a syntax error.
1: That's a shell. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this uh, week there was a major flaw discovered in Bash, which is one type of Shell that you can have on uh, phones, on computers, on servers. Basically, every everything that runs uh, a Linux or a Unix typically uses Bash as their their um, main shell.
0: Right. And that's, that's going to be a lot of websites because the, one of the big advantage of Linux, of course, is, you know, no cost. Hmm. So, yeah, let's put it on our, our website. It yeah. makes a lot of things vulnerable.
1: The tricky thing as well is that uh, shell, shell is, uh, the shell commands are often exposed not just through um, people logging on to the server to get to the shell yep. itself, but also uh, logging. Uh, it might be an option that's available through some web interfaces. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, um, CGI which is you might see sometimes in your web browser, CGI-bin yeah. mm-hmm. uh, to a URL, uh, a web address that you go to, yep. um, that's an indication that they're using CGI on the server, and there's often hooks from that to enable shell commands to, oh, be to run. cloud. Yep. Um, you know, there's protections involved there, but this particular vulnerability enabled uh, quite easily the, yeah. um, the running of,
0: of arbitrary code. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is that this little bug's been around for about twenty-two years. <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> and a lot of people tout the advantages of open source, and that you know you've got many eyes looking it over, and therefore you're going to find bugs and so on, which is true if you bother to look at it. Mm. But we and shouldn't take it as a hundred percent. Yeah, everything's going to be bug free. No, and I don't think anyone actually does um, say that you know
1: it's it's a hundred percent bug free, and yeah. that's that's the nature of open source mm. is that you know you get people other things that write code. So because people write code, people make mistakes. Um, The same could be said for Windows as well Mm. um, or Apple or other proprietary um, code bases. Uh, The difference is that we can actually discover it ourselves. So, uh, you know, this um, shell uh, bash vulnerability has been discovered by people in the community. Mm. So, you
0: know, it's an indication that the system does work. Slowly. Just, it's very slowly. <laughs> yeah, so everyone's going to be patching their software soon, I hope. I, yes, and
1: this is a challenge because there's a lot of stuff that, that mm. runs this, and it's a lot of stuff that may not necessarily be uh, constantly updated with you know the latest software updates and so forth. So it's um, very much a, a good idea to get the latest software updates for your own computer, particularly yep. if you're running, say, a Unix-based system like Apple OS X. 10, yep. Um, or a- any of the others as well. Not saying that OS 10 is actually vulnerable out of the box, but, mm. you know, it's, it's a good idea to get the
0: latest bash yeah. shell anyway. That's right. We are rapidly running out of time, as yeah. usual, and uh, we're going to talk very soon about growing or fermenting your own clothing. Hmm. Here on Technogaze on Joy 94.9. Yummy. Technogaze. Technogaze, three minutes to one. Now, Mark, Australians are an inventive lot, aren't we? (laughs) We are, yes. And some students in the Queensland University of Technology have come up with a way to brewing textiles. Really? Yes. They're using things like coffee, tea, red wine, and they're using something called the kombucha process, which actually ferments this liquid to come up with something that's slimy, thick and smelly during the manufacturing (laughs) process, but it ends up with something that's similar to leather. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, and and it's fairly thin, and when it dries, it gets even thinner. And yeah. So you either beer, brew beer, or you brew
1: clothing. Clothing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the latest in university student
0: activities. And sustainable manufacture. Is it is it edible as well? Uh, no, no, I don't. I suspect not. no probably not. No. But they do ferment it by adding things like sugars and yeasts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's about it for today. Yep. If you've missed any part of the show, or perhaps you're looking to peruse previous episodes, you can do so by browsing to joy.org.au slash technogaze. Coming up next is the 1pm News Bulletin with Tim Lennox, followed by Cravings with Pete Dillon. And later on, don't forget Fender Bender and then Critical Hit before an excellent music mix lineup to take you through the afternoon. That's if you're not watching the Grand Final. Mm, critical
1: Hit, one of, the, uh, one of my favourite shows, being a gaming show.
0: Yes. Good to,
1: even though I don't game very much myself, it's yes. good to uh, tune in and, and... And understand some of the terms
0: that you hear bandied about. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mark, thank you. No worries. It's been yes. great, as always. Yep. And if you are a footy follower, I hope your team does win. Go for uh, Right. There we go. Have a great weekend, everyone, and we'll catch you next week. See ya. See ya.
1: No